you are listening to, actually this episode is going to two different podcasts, both the Truth and Love podcast with Pastor Nate and Jen Morris, and also the Unscripted podcast this week, uh, as we're kind of overlapping them for the week. So glad that you're listening in. Um, Before we get into our content and topic today, just want to give you a reminder to click that like or subscribe or follow button on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if this content is a blessing, we hope that you'll share it with others who would be blessed and benefited by listening. So today we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, I'm Nate, Pastor Nate, and my wife Jen and I uh, gave a message this past Sunday uh, at church on marriage relationships. And so we've been in this relationship goals mini series at church on Sundays, talking about different types of relationships and what they look like uh, in honoring the Lord. And so this past Sunday, we talked about marriage. And so I was very blessed to have uh, Jen with me on stage this past Sunday. And so she's with me in the studio today recording the podcast as well. So we're publishing this both to the Truth and Love podcast and the Unscripted podcast because it kind of checks both boxes for what we do there. So Jen, um, how did you feel (laughs) teaching? Do you like teaching on Sundays? Oh, what a question. Um, You know, it's, it's not my favorite thing to be in front of that many people and to be expressing, um, like searching for just the right words and ways of saying things, but I do consider it a privilege and, um, and something that God's called me to. So while it makes me a little bit uncomfortable, it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. I, I feel like you do such a great job. Um, and I know that you get nervous and you feel uncomfortable anytime you're, you're, you're speaking. Um, but I think it was a real blessing to, to everybody that was there on Sunday. So, um, I know if you've been listening in, you probably hold that same opinion. Um, but it was really great just to have her up there specifically speaking from the women's side of things as we're talking about marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this mini series has really been about how we honor the Lord with our relationships, all different types of relationships. And so, uh, we've talked about, you know, marriage and dating and, uh, what it's like being a single, um, honoring the Lord with that. We're going to talk about parenting and, um, employer employee relationships and all of these different things. Um, but this week we focus specifically on marriage and, um, Jen and I kind of shared from Ephesians chapter five on what God's view is of marriage and how it should be played out practically speaking. Um, which I think it is so appropriate to have both sides of that conversation mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So, well, I don't, um, I don't personally get lots of excited, bubbly feelings about getting up on stage to, to teach. I think that having that male and female perspective as we're talking about marriage is so important um, because we, we need to really absorb God's word. And sometimes, you know, in talking about something that is very specifically applied to women's lives, I think it's really important for a woman to, um, explain that. And not that I did the best job that any woman has ever done, but I'm the one that was asked. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, and, and if you missed Sunday's message, I actually would recommend pausing and going back and listening to that before you listen to this podcast today. Um, it was the Sunday, uh, November 19th message at Mountain Life Church. 
And um, we are covering Ephesians chapter five, when Paul gives us instruction for um, husbands to love your wives and wives to respect your husbands. And it goes into more of an in-depth conversation of what that looks like, both with um, the, the female part of that and the male part. So there's the, um, the wife coming under and, and be walking in submission to the husband and the husband loving the wife as Christ loved the church, laying his life down for her. And so, um, we talked about that in depth on Sunday. So if you missed that, that's, that's going to provide the context for this conversation today. So I definitely recommend going back and listening to that message. Um, especially as some of the questions we'll answer have specific relation to that. So, um, but this has been a really good mini series, I think just not, not because I'm teaching it and you're (laughs) not saying that, (laughs) but just to talk about this stuff, right? Because I think sometimes we make assumptions about things and about like, I mean, when we talked about singleness a few weeks ago, I think that there's an underlying unstated assumption in the church that being single isn't, isn't Mm. good. You know what I mean? Isn't what yeah. God would have for you. And, and I think that we uncovered the truth that the Bible says that actually for, for some, maybe even many, that's better or preferable. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about dating, you know, um, a, a couple of weeks ago and what that would look like to honor God in a dating relationship. And you might just make some assumptions because of the way that the world has mm-hmm. influenced us without yeah. really looking at the word. Yeah. I think it's been a great series to really step back and, and, and just evaluate plainly what the word says, what it's telling us, considering cultural norms at that time and helping us uncover what the cultural norms are now that mm-hmm. really do shape the lens that we look through. Um, and I think that applies to the topic that we covered on Sunday, talking about husbands and wives and um, their roles in the home, their calling from God in the home. Or, or one part of their calling from God in the home. But um, we really are shaped by these cultural norms. We really are being influenced um, both by um, historical church norms and also by um, just the world around us, the world we live in. Mm-hmm. But the word is what we really want to to be shaping our our mindset and our, our view. I agree. And then I think the, the cool thing is when you see something that the word very clearly gives you direction on. And then you see it played out practically speaking in the world and even maybe even showing in certain studies and things. And we actually see that with this specific subject that we're talking about today. Um, You know, as we were um, digging into Ephesians chapter five, it talks about husbands, love your wives, wives, respect your husbands. And, um, and this feels honestly just at face value, it feels kind of old fashioned. It feels kind of patriarchic. Uh, that's not a word. Patriarchal. Yes. There you go. Patriarchic. <laughs> I just like making up words, but. Uh, <laughs> and you're so smart. You can, and, and not everybody will call you on it, People but might I not notice it. But please do. Yeah. Call me out. Um, as part of your role in my life right. as my wife. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but I think that what, what, what it really gets at is what Paul says in Ephesians chapter five, verse 33 is nevertheless, let each one of you in particular, speaking to the men, so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, these two words, love and respect really speak to the deepest relational and emotional need for women and men. And, um, I, I know in today's society, it's, it feels incorrect to say that there is anything different about women or men, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and I think because of mistreatment of women over the past hundreds of years, 
um, and inequality for women over the past several hundred years, uh, that there is a very real deep seated, uh, valid, um, revulsion against anything that would feel like it might repress women. Yeah. Could you speak to that for a second? I think, I mean, I think that's really true and valid and aside from this issue, but that might be affecting our view of this scripture a little bit. Don't you think? Oh, for sure. Um, I think that, I think that, that there's needed to be a change for a long time in the understanding of women and their roles in the home, especially in a Christian home um, or in a Christian culture, which we no longer have here in America. But I think, you know, time, some time ago, there was a Christian culture um, and it really, for whatever reason, I don't know how the church got where it did, but it seemed to fall away from the teachings of Jesus and the value that he placed upon women. And unfortunately this scripture um, and others have been used to um, hold women back from walking in the fullness of who God made them to be mm-hmm. and held them back from offering all the great things that they have to offer the world. Right. Cause they were told, you know, that they had a small corner of the world that they could function in and only in certain ways, even in that small corner. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a really great topic to talk about. Yeah. And it's, we, I think it's, there's so much, I, I don't know if I like the word nuance. Cause I feel like sometimes people use that to describe something that they don't want to talk about, but um, just to kind of dance around it, but there's so much nuance in this that I think that we, we take what the Bible actually says. And it does say that there's a difference between men and women. There is, I mean, and, and mm-hmm. what has happened is that that underlying culture has taken what the Bible says and then built upon it and made it an unbiblical model, mm-hmm. um, in many ways. And we see this in other, in other ways regarding women as well in the script in the, the church, unfortunately, um, we'll address those another time, but when it comes to marriage, I think it's played out that way as well, but mm-hmm. that doesn't negate the fact that what the word says about men and women is true. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's where I think we have to balance it out. You don't, you don't want a pendulum swing because well, the past couple hundred years, women have been repressed in these things. Mm-hmm. Let's pendulum swing to the far other end of the spectrum and forget what the word says. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, you talk about the, the need of men to feel respected and the need of women to feel loved. And, um, and I agree with that. And I know that many years ago when you and I, though, we first read that book, love and respect, I was like, hang on a second though. The way God made me, the way I am, I also very much want to feel respected, mm-hmm. not just love. Don't just bring me flowers. Right. I want you to respect my thoughts, to to pause on them and consider what I'm saying and think deeply about what mm-hmm. I'm thinking deeply about. And so um, I love though that the word does not say, don't respect your wife. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it says that, it says that you are to put a focus on loving your wife, but in loving her, you're going to know her and show her respect as well. Absolutely. Um, and same with husbands. Right. I know, you know, in our relationship, you've also times been like, I don't just want your respect. I want your love. Yeah. So very true. Yeah. And so this, it's interesting though, but I think, and, and I think really when we look at this issue, what it boils down to is not whether we need both, but really what we feel deprived of the most in difficult situations. Mm. And so that's where kind of the survey that I found came in that I think is really, um, 
really, that's what kind of gets back to what I was saying before, when it's really cool that you see the Bible confirmed by science, mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's like, oh yeah, it knows, God knows what he's talking about here. Mm-hmm. Like he says, husbands, love your wives, wives, respect your husbands. Mm-hmm. And you know, there was a survey of 7,000 people that asked the question and 7,000 is actually a large survey percentage. Um, most surveys are done with, you know, two to 5,000 people, something like that. So 7,000 is actually a large survey that would be a, considered a statistically uh, good d- database to draw from. And they were asked the question, when you're in a conflict with your spouse, do you feel unloved or disrespected? And in that question, 83% of the men said that in a conflict with their spouse, they feel disrespected. And 72% of the women said that in a conflict with their spouse, they felt unloved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that this really, again, this is not a 100%, 100%, but this speaks to what men and women are really designed as uh, by the Lord and the, the instruction that he gives us here with this love and respect is, is to meet that deepest relational and emotional need, but then also to, to not withhold that, you know what I mean? It, when we're, when we're in an argument to not, mm. you know, resolve, not to, to not act unlovingly on the husband's part and then to not act disrespectful on the wife's part, mm-hmm. knowing that that's where he's de- the way that he's designed us. Right. And, and in mm-hmm. our culture today, I mean, it's that all of the different barriers between men and women have been removed in the sense that to, to even saying that, that, and we're not going to get into the transgender issues and things like that on this podcast today, but like, basically they're saying men and women are, there's no difference. God designed us mm-hmm. different to meet each other. And so that's where, uh, Paul gives us the instruction for women, for wives to submit to their husbands and husbands to love their wives sacrificially. And I, I think um, the challenge there is just uh, the co- context that we've built around that in our culture. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting that um, the challenge that we've been given, the instructions that we've been given, the order that God has set up is arranged in such a way that we are instructed to give the other person. So wives give your husband's respect. That is harder for me to give mm-hmm. than to give love. Right. I'm challenged to do to, of those two things. It's harder for me to remember to give respect, to right. show respect. Um, and I also think on the men's part, on you know, on a husband's part, it's harder, I believe, mm-hmm. to slow down yeah. and to make sure that you're communicating in love than just sticking with the facts and Yes, hundred percent. I mean, I, I think that's what happens. I think, and it, you know, in the book, love and respect, which just isn't an advertisement for the book, but there's some good principles in there. They talk about, they call it the crazy cycle. So when there's, let's say that we're having a fight, I do something that is unloving mm-hmm. towards you. You respond disrespectfully to me. Then I take it to the next le- level down and respond mm-hmm. with even less love <laughs> and, <laughs> and you respond with even less respect, <laughs> you know, it can happen. It's ca- they call it the crazy cycle where you just, it just spirals out of control because not only are you, each other's needs not being met, but you're actually giving each other the opposite of what you need. It's like mm-hmm. hurtful in that moment. Um, and the opposite is also true. So all that to say, we're not going to give the whole message again, um, today, you know, you can go back and listen to it on the website, uh, from mountainlife.church and kind of dig into that. But the, the point being that God has designed us to, to operate together in a specific way. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that either one is better 
or more capable or mm. um, more gifted or smarter or anything than the other. It's just a matter of his created order and his created plan for marriage and for relationships and how it reflects the image of God and how it reflects the image of Christ in the church mm-hmm. and accomplishes his purposes in the world. So um, with that, we had several questions. We've been doing Q and A's at, at church after the message just to give people an opportunity to kind of like ask the questions that, that are burning in their hearts during the message, mm-hmm. you know, and we've ha- not been able to answer all of them because we've had so many good questions, which is great. So we have a few questions that, um, that I, that we haven't gotten to answer during the message that I wanted to make sure we covered this week. So, mm-hmm. um, some of them are, uh, directly related to the submission issue. Some of them are made more around marriage, um, in, there's just, there's some really great, great questions. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and a- ask these and then I'll give you the chance to answer first on the first one and then I'll respond. So okay. this is kind of unscripted because it's like the unscripted mm-hmm. podcast. We didn't, we getting haven't planned these here. out. <laughs> so you're put, you're getting put on the spot okay. here. Babe. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Better answer. Right. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So here's one. Um, let's see. So if we were married before we were believers, was it God's design? Does he want us to stay together even though there is emotional abuse in the marriage? Mm, those are two very distinct and separate questions. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go with question number one first. And um, thanks for sharing your question with us. Um, if you were married before you were believers, was it God's design? You know, um, I think the word is clear that we are not to enter into a marriage with a non-believer, but if it's two non-believers, you're not living your life according to God's word because you're not um, in relationship with him in that, at that time. And um, I personally do not believe that there is one, I don't see any scriptural evidence that there is um, a big plan that God mapped out in advance and you're just on a lifelong quest to discover it. I believe that God is with us each and every day. And as we open our hearts to him and walk according to his ways that he leads and directs us. Um, Now, as a believer, it sounds like you are a believer um, that finds yourself um, in a marriage and maybe you are married to a non-believer. I'm not sure. Um, But I would say that the marriage you are in now presently is the marriage that you are called to. Mm -hmm. It's the one that the Lord has for you. and he does have instructions in his word for what you are to do now as you are married. And um, if you're married to a believer or not, there's instructions in God's word for that circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get to the second half of that question, I want to just speak to that. Um, and specifically regarding uh, marriage to an unbeliever. So I, I, I don't know from the tone of your question, I can't really tell it's a text. You know, I don't know if you're saying that you weren't believers when you got married and now you both are and you're struggling through that or you weren't believers before you got married and now you're a believer, but the other spouse is not a believer. First Corinthians chapter seven speaks to both of those situations. Um, so I mean, it's basically God's heart for marriage is that it's something that is permanent Um, now this doesn't mean that there's not grace for those who are divorced. Um, of course not. I'm not speaking to someone who is divorced right now. As I'm saying this, I'm speaking to the person who's still married and maybe contemplating divorce. 
God's heart for you is not to get divorced. Uh, in first Corinthians chapter seven, verse 10, he says, now to the married, I command yet not I, but the Lord, a wife is not to depart from her husband, but even if she does depart, depart, let her remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. And so the, the plan of God is that marriage is, is permanent, is lifelong. Um, and Jesus said, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And so we're to remain in that situation. Uh, and Paul says, you know, that there are, there are certain circumstances where divorce is applicable. If you're married to an unbeliever and the unbeliever leaves, that's in the next verse, um, the next couple of verses, verse 13, if you're married to a non-believer and the non-believer just decides that they're not going to stay married to you anymore, you can let them go and you're not bound in that circumstance. But he also says, if you're married to an unbeliever and they're willing to stay with you, you should stay in that situation mm -hmm. because you might be the tool that God uses to save your spouse, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. So then what's the second part of that question? The second Refresh. part of that question was, uh, does he want us to stay together even though there's emotional abuse in the marriage? Mm. So what I know of God's heart what I know from his word is this, he does not desire that we are being abused. We are his children. He is referred to as our father and his heart for you is not that you would be abused, but his heart also is not that we would be quick to divorce, quick to leave our husband or our wife. And so I have a real difficult time answering that question. Um, with surety, not knowing the details of your situation. Right. But I would say that if there is abuse going on in a home that you need to reach out for help, you need to, um, to, to let someone in on what's going on who can give you, um, wise and biblical counsel and, um, and just walk beside you in this. Um, it's really hard for me to say because of, um, because I don't know the details of your life. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I would echo what Jen's saying. Um, there, it, it's really hard to know this without the specifics. Um, I, it seems like you're saying emotional abuse, not physical abuse. So I was just gonna say, if, if there is physical abuse going on, I think that you want to leave the situation. We're not even talking about the marriage. Leave the situation and get yourself safe. Um, and then you can start to work out the details of what that looks like to move forward with that. But you don't want to stay in a situation where you're being physically abused. Mm -hmm. Emotional abuse, I would put in a slightly different category, but it might still be appropriate to leave the situation mm -hmm. and seek reconciliation after that. And that would be probably the preferable first step of something as seeking that reconciliation, mm -hmm. uh, rather than just saying I'm being abused. So I'm going to leave, mm -hmm. um, but, but that again would need to be knowing the details and speaking to the specifics of that. And so um, if that's you and that's your question and you'd like to dig into that more, you can contact me or one of the pastors at the church. We'd love to connect with you and talk with you through it. So um, abuse is definitely not something that God takes lightly. And I think that God gets angry when his kids are abused mm. and downtrodden and beaten mm. and, and oppressed. And so, um, just know that God isn't overlooking you. Mm -hmm. it, it, it breaks his heart. It's not something that, that he takes lightly. So just don't take it lightly either for yourself. Okay. Next question. How do I submit to my husband if he doesn't already lead? Mm. So Jen, I'll, I'll turn that one to you for just a second. Mm -hmm. So how do I submit to my husband if he does not already lead? Man, um, I, 
I feel your heart on this one because it's so hard to um, follow someone and come under their mission if you don't feel like they are um, setting a mission, setting a course. Um, you know, I think we may have talked about this one a little bit at church on Sunday, but it was maybe we didn't give, cover it in fullness. Um, you know, I think that I think that this is a, a two part relationship, the husband and the wife. And I can speak from my experience that um, early on in our marriage, I didn't feel like I had um, I, I didn't feel like I had the opportunity to follow because I didn't see where Nate was taking the lead. Um, and in retrospect and what I had to kind of grow in was, um, backing up my cart a little bit and, um, being real patient for him to grow in this area of his life. Um, I by no means have everything in our marriage figured out and I needed to give him the grace to recognize that he, um, Neither did he. He didn't know exactly how to lead either. And I think um, there, you know, some some men come to marriage and they are such strong leaders. It's like Mm -hmm. you can look at somebody else's marriage and be like, whoa, you know, he's just always leading that family Bible study or um, always, you know, giving his family direction and seems so spiritual and all those things. And, And that's awesome. Great. But not all men are created with exactly the same um, fabric blend there. And I would just say, um, be patient with the man that you married. Be patient and encourage him to um, step up in that way and give him give him room and pause. You may be a very strong woman, a woman with very decisive thoughts, very clear thinking and able to articulate what you're thinking about and why. Um, and I would just say, just just hold that a little bit. And pray for him. Pray for your husband um, and let him know that you are um, excited to have him at the lead of your home and that you are, you know, um, desiring to um, to give him that space and um, encourage him. Yeah. And I would say some people like myself, Jen, you are a natural born leader. <laughs> that is who you are. And I mean that in, with all respect and, and, and positivity. God created you with that. I'm not a natural leader. I, God has made me a leader in so many aspects in my life, but I've had to make those choices mm-hmm. <laughs> to be a leader. By default, I'm a passive person. By default, I, I don't take charge of situations. I'm more of a step back. And then like, if I feel very convicted by the Lord about something, I'll, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. kind of take that more take charge role. But generally speaking, I'm a very passive leader. Um, and so I think some of that stuff, even with our relationship, I like, I think you being such a natural leader, see a need, step in and fill it and jump on it. Mm -hmm. Me, I don't. And so sometimes I think in that type of relationship, it can be easy for one person to just kind of, just kind of, honestly, for me, it was easy to take a back seat for a little while early Mm -hmm. on in our marriage, just to kind of like, okay, she's got a good head on her shoulders is going in this certain direction. And this still comes up at times, you know, where it's like, I would like specifically when it comes to kids and parenting and stuff, which is more in your domain on a day in day out basis. So sometimes I sit back and, and, and where I might need to step up a little bit more, but I also think that in the way that I have been a leader, if there's not a hole, I don't fill it, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And so I think some of that might even be letting there be a hole, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. letting the hole be there and letting the ball drop some, you know, 
which is really hard. <laughs> I know if the ball needs to drop in order for the person who needs to step into that call to, to, to really get it, then maybe that's what needs to happen. That, that's what needed to happen for me a little bit, you know? Yeah. But if we lighten this up a little bit, I have to say, like we made some early on marriage mistakes when we didn't, we didn't really know these things. We couldn't articulate, um, the nuances of, um, this dynamic. And, um, you know, I was coming in like a, like a bull in a China shop into our marriage <laughs> and Nate was, as he described it, being passive. And I just, I finally was like, you know what? I just need to stop. I need to, you know, in my, in my head, I was like, I need to su submit to my husband and stop being the way I've been being. And, um, and so I decided to go quiet and I went quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I let him make all the decisions, all of the, all of the tough calls. I was just affirming and supportive. And, um, in my, youth in our early years of marriage, I was like, okay, this is, you know, I was searching for what God had for me. And I hope on the other end of this podcast, you're giggling at me because I'm giggling at me. Um, and so Nate went ahead and he made decisions and a couple of those decisions flopped <laughs> with like financial ramifications. Yeah, like there were a couple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and then I had to come back and, and ultimately I had to apologize. I had to come back and apologize and say, I said nothing because I thought I was doing the right thing. And, um, and I knew better and I, and I just didn't offer you my help. I didn't yeah. offer you my support. I wasn't being your wife. Yeah. So laugh at me, learn from me, <laughs> from my <laughs> no. mistakes. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a learning process for all of us for sure. All right. Well, we're already at 30 minutes. So I'm going to try to wrap it up here pretty quick with a couple questions that we still have to answer those. So I want to make sure we quick. don't leave any, any over. So, um, this one's similar, but a little bit different. How do I submit to my husband in conflict when I feel like I'm not being heard and understood? So again, without knowing specific context, it's kind of hard to answer, you know, that, I mean, this could be so many different situations, um, but I think that the, the important thing to know and think about in conflict, which is the context of what you mentioned here is to make sure that we are doing conflict well, that mm -hmm. we are, you know, because it's so easy for conflict to go South and, um, it might just be better to pause and like, make sure you have a, you know, a, you have guidelines, at least in your own brain about how conflict's going to go, uh, mm -hmm. and what, where you're going to go and where you're not going to go. Um, because sometimes what we want is being understood in conflict. And because we want to be understood, we hammer our point home so many times mm -hmm. that it's just, I mean, at least maybe that's just me. I don't know. No, that's just me. <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> so I, uh, it's hard. So I, I think uh, absolutely. I think, but when you're talking about this kind of this com coming under the submission, I don't necessarily think that this is talking about in a conflict type situation necessarily. I think it's talking about where you come out of that. Mm -hmm. I think this is more about um, leadership and order in the home. Yeah. Um, this isn't like we're having a fight. It's my job to be quiet. Right. right. Or it's just my job to say, okay, you're right. Yeah. I was wrong. I yep. submit to your... Um, understanding of the events or whatever. Right. And I think that that's where that maybe the difference is. It's not, it's not, 
being quiet and not speaking your mind as Jen already talked about, because that's that, that actually is a disservice to your husband and to your marriage. Um, I think that you being heard and understood is important. You might not feel like you're heard and understood because your husband still disagrees with you. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we can feel like that when we have conflict and we don't come to the same page Mm -hmm. and you don't feel heard or understood because you're still not on the same page. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's, that's more speaking of after the fact in terms of like, what are you, what are we doing now? Where are Mm -hmm. we going? And that, that's really what that leadership is, is setting the direction, you know, more so than in the moment. And if this conflict is over something substantial, then as Nate was talking about on Sunday, there needs to be a pause until there's unity mm-hmm. um, because the husband is called to be loving his wife and understanding where she's, right. you know, the concern she's, she may have. And, um, and if you, yeah. and this, these questions are, more, I'm thinking, I'm seeming that these questions are, are kind of coming from the women's angle. Um, so that we're not dealing with the other half of this a lot, which I dealt with a lot in the message, but um, in this situation, husbands, if you're, dealing with conflict uh, and you're not able to come to a unity and consensus on something, uh, I really fully believe the best thing to do is pause and ask the Lord to continue to speak to you, but also to speak to your wife. And if you're both believers, you can trust that God can do that. And if you're both willing to hear from the Lord, I believe he will do that. I've seen him work that in our marriage so many times, Mm -hmm. both ways, you know, both when I've been feeling called to something and you've kind of been like, I don't know about this and then waiting on it. But then on the other side, when you've had a word for me and I've kind of bristled at it or pushed it back, but then give it a little time Mm -hmm. and God speaks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would say give it a little time is good, is a good way to put that. If you're not being heard, give it a little time, ask a question instead of, um, instead of restating your position, ask, um, have you been considering what I said? You know, those sorts of things. Okay. Last question. How do you navigate making decisions in your marriage with a non-believer when your views may not align. So how do you navigate making decisions in your marriage with a non-believer when your views may not align? So this is someone who's married to a non-Christian. They're attempting to follow the Lord as they do that. And they're wanting to know how you can make those decisions in your home uh, with that person. So I think that they're, I mean, I think this is a challenge and we talked a little bit about this on Sunday. This is, this is a challenge, whatever, whether you're a husband or a wife being married to a non-believer is very difficult. And this is why God says, don't be unequally yoked. Um, but finding yourself in that position, whatever the, the circumstance was, whether you got married before or after or whatever in that position now, how do you navigate those decisions going forward? What do you think about that, Jen? Yeah. You know, this is really difficult and I have such compassion, um, for those in, in that circumstance. Um, I think the the Lord is your strength. Do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged. Um, for he is with you. Mm-hmm. And the number one thing as you love, it's not, I think this might be a wife, um, but as you love your husband or your wife, um, the number one thing if in your true love for them is that you want them to come to know the Lord. And so I think, well, um, we could get really in the weeds on decisions that are, um, kind of in ultimately in eternity, those decisions are neither here nor there decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say stay focused on the thing that matters most and how do you express and show love? How do you, um, 
be that reflection of God's um, grace and his mercy in your home. And I know this is a high bar. Please don't think I'm saying any of this flippantly because I'm not at all. Um, but how do you make decisions when, when you don't share the same values? I think, you know, so many, so, so much of this comes down to prayer, comes down to praying for your husband, praying for your wife, um, and considering really what matters, what matters most. Um, now, if this is regarding an issue of sin, something that you know is against God's will, um, I would say, you know, take no part in the sin, take no part in that, um, in that thing, if you're being invited or even pushed into sinful behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, but outside of that, the thing that matters most is whether your husband or your wife comes to know the Lord. Yeah. And I think that in my kind of view on this, I think it goes back to what, what is the root call in all of our relationships mm -hmm. that we looked at in Ephesians five twenty one, submitting to one another out of respect for the Lord coming under each other out of respect for Jesus, that kind of radical other centeredness being the basis of our relationships. And so in this, whatever, whether you're the husband or the wife, you just got to recognize that your spouse's views are not going to align with yours because they don't know the Lord. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not even a matter of like, let's get on their same page morally or those things. It's like, no, that they don't know the Lord. You can't expect that from them. Mm -hmm. So your job is to love them and be the, the, the voice of the gospel in their life and to show them that other centeredness in your marriage that preaches the gospel. And that's really where the way that the marriage preaches the gospel in general, like between believers even is that love of Christ for the church. And I think that you can reflect that beautifully in your marriage as you um, choose to love and respect your spouse in ways that kind of blow their mind a little bit. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's going to mean, mm going, letting your family go along with decisions that you don't agree with, yeah. you know, again, as Jen said, not you participating in the sin, not you, you know, but just, just saying, you know what, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to fight a morality battle with you about, you know, mm -hmm. these things. My, my, my goal is to love and serve you. And so mm -hmm. really seeking the Lord about what that looks like. And again, it, it's so difficult in each different situation. So but and there again, I would say this is why the body of Christ is here. And um, please reach out if you need another believer, a believing husband or excuse me, a believing man or a believing woman, um, just to, to talk through these things with. Um, we're here for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, that is all of our questions for this week. So it's been really good discussion. Really excited about the next couple of weeks as well as we get into parenting and um, into other types of relationships. And so, um, would love to have you join us on our Sunday services. If you're not local, you can join us at mountainlife.church online and watch the messages in the archive or live with us on Sunday mornings. Um, once again, you are listening to the truth and love podcast and the unscripted podcast today. Um, and we would love to have you join us next week on this as well. Jen, thank you for being here today and for sharing, even though I know it's uncomfortable. Uh, thank you for sharing at church on Sunday and bringing just the wisdom and truth that God has given you to this, this topic. So thank you. Awesome. God bless you guys. <laughs>